ago I was having a what, we, what I call a uh, a moment my job was running me crazy my mind was running me crazy and I was running me crazy and so I made a phone call I said this is my mind just spinning something has to give Okay, this is not right. This is not me. This is not what it should be. So the spirit led me to call who I call auntie. Now, as I said before, I call her auntie because I just love calling her that. But she's a spiritual mom. She's a mom. She's a nurturer. So she's my mom, but I just call her auntie. Okay. And so she gave me this. And talking with her as she's explaining and ministering and going over this with me you know those cartoons and those things when they have the when someone bumped the head they got the stars and the the, the, the you know what I'm saying all of that stuff going around and they're trying to catch the head they're trying to catch their mind so through all of that everything started slowing down So peace started setting in, understanding. So I had a refresher, which is okay. We all need them at times, especially people with uh, authority. 
when people have to deal with people, they always need a refresher. Always. Because you're dealing with people, but they're still God's people. Saved, unsaved, this, whatever you want to call it. So, the word was, you need to do that for Bible study. So I said, okay. I didn't think much about it. I said, okay, I got you. I tried to use it as a sermon. It didn't work out. I tried to use it for this. It didn't work out. So I kept coming back to this, and boom, here it is. So I said, okay, I need to go in. I need to let Pastor Tim know. Because if I let time pass, I'm going to leave it alone. Then I'm going to have doubts. I'm going to have second thoughts. I'm going to be fearful. I'm going to be all of these things. So I said, I have something I want to present. Okay, brother. And we had a conversation, which is okay. But now once I told him that, guess what I had to do? Do it. So now there are no excuses. So going into this 23rd Psalm was... Uh, very different. It's not just like reading the 23rd Psalm and memorizing it like we normally do. You use it to help people and this and that. It was not like that. So going through all of my study and understanding, the 23rd Psalm is very deep. Very, once you get into that, it, it reminds you, it reminds me of uh, Matthew 6 and 33. You're seeking someone for nothing, if you could understand. You don't want anything but the person. It doesn't matter what's going on. They could... They can have your hands tied and they're going to tell you, we're ready to cut you in pieces and you can have a smile on your face. And you might say that's crazy. But that's how David felt. It didn't matter what. Just as Christ relinquished to give to the Father, David, as a similar, said, this is who I want. This is who I desire. So the 23rd Psalm, what I got out of it, is personal. It's not just a scripture. This is personal from the heart. From a, a shepherd to a shepherd. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but David, the king, the shepherd, everything he had, the riches, everything, he said, wow, this doesn't mean anything to me. He danced out his clothes. He did this. He, he looked like a fool to some people. He, he gave up. He, everything he did, he put away and to the side to say, this is who I want. So to get to that 23rd Psalm, to go through all he went through, he had to set, a, set aside some kind of time some kind of time to get before him to get this revelation in his heart. Now this is not 
words speaking. This is his heart speaking. So this didn't come about in a day. This didn't come about in a few minutes. It didn't come about in a week. This came about, let's say you go to a, a cave in the mountain to get away. No food, no nothing, no anything. And all you did was stay before God. You didn't worry about being fed. You didn't worry about a bill. You didn't worry about family. You didn't worry about your kingdom. What was going to be done, what wasn't going to be done. All you said was, you are who I want by any means necessary. You are who I want. Nothing else matters. So, I say to you, can you be a 23rd Psalm? Can you be a 23rd Psalm? So, what I have for you is, it is it's so much, okay? I have condensed, I have tried, I have done everything I can, but <laughs> what I have in these notes right now is just from two verses, okay? And so I told Pastor Tim, I said, so he said, how long are you going to be? My first response is like, wow, four weeks, six weeks? Because this 23rd song is just so powerful. Once you get into it and understand, it's, 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 it's just about only God, you and God. You put everything aside. And when you do that, he honors your heart. It's not that he honors what's in your mind. He knows your heart. He honors that, your desire. But it's still going to be his say because he has the best for you. He's going to always have the best for you no matter what. But we have to put that time in. We have to stay here. We have to stay in line. We have to stay before him. Now, yes, the average time at work is eight hours. The average sleep time is six hours. So if you can see, yes, the time in the day gets short. But if you could take every few minutes you can, put away those things, the TV, if we can put away the phone, if we can put away the tablet, if we can put away those things just for a few minutes, before you know it, he will consume you. His spirit will consume you, and all you're going to want and eat and desire is him. So now your praise becomes stronger. Your worship becomes stronger. Take the baby steps. You're not going to get there overnight, but can you? Yes, you can. All things are possible through God. Now, I can have all the knowledge in the world right here. 
and someone can come through that door and be saved and God can put input anything in that person that he chooses. He's not concerned about what you think. He's concerned about the person, the kingdom, his upbuilding. So, here's an exercise. For five days straight, okay, you can write this down. For five days, I'm sorry, five times for seven days. Five times a day for seven days. Okay, read the 23rd Psalm. If you miss a day, if you miss a time, you have to start over. When you wake up in the morning, you read it. After breakfast, you read it. After lunch, you read it. After dinner, you read it. Finally, before you go to bed. When you first wake up in the morning, before you do anything, brush your teeth, whatever, read it. After breakfast, after lunch, after dinner, before you go to bed. If you miss it, you got to start over. Now, there should be something happening inside of you. So that's why I asked the question, can you be a 23rd Psalm? Now don't get to the fifth day or the sixth day and you say, wow, I got it, and then you stop. If your doctor says to you to clear up this whatever you have, you need to take this medication three times a day for seven days. Don't get to the sixth day and say, wow, I feel good. I do not need to take my medication anymore. Well, the doctor says seven days is for a purpose. It takes seven days to clear up. Now, if you get to the fifth day and you say, I feel fine, by the ninth day, you'll be back at the doctor because you didn't follow the instruction. So now, whatever you had is going to be worse. You understand? You're not getting the full benefit. So just try that and you should be able to be a 23rd Psalm. This is personal. This should be personal to you. I'm trying to not let my passion lose my focus if you could understand. I'm trying to stay focused, but the more I think about it, the passion is trying to get in the way. So I'm trying to stay on point. I'm gonna do some reading, but because of how it affected me, how it infected me, I want to make sure that I 
take makes you over here and bring it to you in a clear understanding way. So when we say the Lord is my shepherd, what we're saying is if he's the shepherd, whatever he says, whatever direction he goes, we follow. That's what a shepherd, he leads, he ensures, he makes sure your safety, he makes sure you're fed, he makes sure every need, everything is taken care of. You just have to trust and follow. It doesn't matter what you can see, what you see. Doesn't matter what it looks like, you can come to the, as the sheep, you can come close to the cliff. If you trust the, sh the shepherd, you know I'm not gonna fall off. Even if there's a, a slip. If you follow the shepherd, you, even if you slip, because you know the shepherd is going to pick you up. You know whatever goes on, the shepherd is there for you. Before he became king, he was a shepherd. Just a little thing. He took all of that away and said, I will follow. I want you. So. He thought about the relationship with God and made the analogy of a shepherd and his sheep. God was like a shepherd to David. And David was like a sheep to God. This was not unusual. In all Eastern thought, and very definitely in biblical literature, a king is a shepherd. It is also familiar throughout the Bible that the Lord is a shepherd to his people. The idea begins early in the book of Genesis. Now I have some scriptures. You can write them, I'll say them, but I'm not concentrating on the scriptures. We're not worried about the scriptures. This is just reference. Moses called the Lord the shepherd, the stone of Israel. That's in Genesis. David invited the Lord to shepherd the people of Israel and to bear them up forever. Psalms also looks to the Lord as the shepherd of Israel who would lead Joseph like a flock. Also Psalms. Isaiah 40 tells us that the Lord will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms. So it doesn't matter. He's always going to embrace you. It's a trusting See, sheep have terrible eyesight. They don't know where they're going. So they rely totally on the shepherd. Totally. That's why you always see the sheep, one go this and they always go together. Always. If one gets out of line, he brings them back. They can't swim. Now, I'm not talking about us in the physical. I'm talking about us in the spiritual. Sheeps are dirty. 
okay, by nature. Who is there to clean them? The shepherd. Who is there to feed them? Now you may hear me say the same thing maybe once or twice, but it's in the same context because I want you to get to understand that. This is all about the shepherd. We're the sheep. We can't get lost as long as we're with the shepherd. Can't get hurt as long as we're with the shepherd. It may seem that way. Things happen. That's why the shepherd is always there for you. The idea of Jesus as the good shepherd was precious to early Christians. One of, one of the more common motifs in paintings is Jesus as a shepherd with a lamb across his shoulders. You ever remember that one? Well, that's it. That's you. That's us. Jesus is always one at a time. So, one lamb gets out of order, one lamb gets lost, he go gets him. So as I said, you can't get lost with him. As God himself, as the king, as who he is, I am the name you want to call him, as the shepherd, he sent himself down through the son as the shepherd. just to be the example. And as Jesus, as the shepherd, what did he do? He still looked to the Father. He did the same thing. He put everything on hold of what all power of what he could have done. And he said, you are the shepherd. So Jesus did what? Spent time. He did the same thing. He went away, he got away. He trusted in everything the Father gave him. Everything. Jesus wasn't concerned about the next day. What is he going to do? Who is he going to heal? Nothing was concerned. Was a concern to Jesus. All he was concerned about doing the Father's will. So his shepherding came from the Father. Like I said, I'm trying to explain this the best way I can for you to understand, but what I want you to mainly get out of this is, can you be a 23rd Psalm? That's what I want. I'm sorry, that's not what I want. That's what the Spirit gave me. It's remarkable that the Lord will call himself our shepherd. In other ancient societies, a shepherd's work was considered the lowest of all works. If a family needed a shepherd, it was always the youngest son. Like David who got this unpleasant assignment Jehovah had chosen him to be our shepherd David says the great God of the universe 
has stooped to take just such care of you and me. You see? He put everything on hold just to care for us because he knew one thing he did know, the Father's will was, have, was to have the best for us. So, everyone was a sacrifice to Christ. Everyone. Every sheep to the shepherd is a sacrifice. His thing was no one will get out of line. If you do, I'll get you back. You will not get lost. A sheep is an object of property, not a wild animal. Its owner set, sets great store by it and frequently is bought, bought with a great price. It is well to know, as certainly as David did, that we belong to the Lord. There is no if, no but, nor even I hope so, but he says, the Lord is my shepherd. No doubt. The sweetest word of the whole is that, that what they call a monosyllable, my. The Lord is my. Like I said, it's personal to him. So can you make it personal to yourself? You may think you have a lot of revelation. You may think you have this, you may, but you can always have more. You can always have more of God. Always. God is that big. Don't ever think that you got it. Now you've lost your humility. So don't think that, oh, I got enough God. I can, I'll be all right. No. Now you put yourself before God. The Lord is the shepherd of the world at large and leadeth forth the multitude of his flock. But the Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me, watches over me, and preserves me. Man can truly say the Lord is my shepherd. He must first feel himself to be a sheep by nature. For he cannot know that God is the shepherd unless he feels in himself, in his heart, that he has the nature of a sheep. He must relate to a sheep in its foolishness its dependency and in the warped nature of his will. Now, the second part of that is, I shall not want. All my needs are supplied by the Lord, my shepherd. I decide to not desire more than the Lord, my shepherd gives. How the shepherd sustains, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, when it comes to the shepherd and what you want, it's not a matter of what you want. It's a matter of what's good for, for you from the shepherd was good for you from the Lord. So, as I said before, put all of your wants and all of that, your cares on him. He'll take care of that, he'll handle that. Just remember, he has the best for you. 
always. But you have to trust and believe and have faith. He makes me, he leads me beside the still waters. He makes me to lie down. The Lord as a shepherd knew how to make David rest when he needed it, just as a literal shepherd would care for his sheep. The implication is that the sheep doesn't always know what it needs and what is best for itself. And so the needs that and so needs to help so he needs to help from the shepherd. The loveliest image afforded by the natural world is here represented to the imagination that of a flock feeding in the meadows, reposing in quietness by the rivers of water running gently through them. The shepherd also knew the good places to make his sheep rest. He faithfully guides the sheep to green pastures. Now, sheep do not lie down easily and will not unless four conditions are met. Because they are timid, they will not lie down. If they are afraid, they will not, let, not lie down. Because they are social animals, they will not lie, not lie down if there is friction among the sheep. If flies, parasites trouble them, they will not lie down. Finally, if sheep are anxious about food or hungry, they will not lie down. So you can take that in context and put it as, say if you want to put it in the church. If there is friction, we don't come together. So there's no peace, there's no rest. So the shepherd can't work until we come together. Rest comes because the shepherd has dealt with fear, friction, flies, and famine. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, when it says green pastures, green means peace. The color green means peace. So that's why it says green pastures. The pastures are, uh, say, like the grass of clouds. So comfortable that when you lay down, there is no worry. You won't wake up sore. You don't have to worry about the mattress. There are no aches. There are no pains. There's no worry, no one to bother you. You have peace. You know that when you sleep, you are, you are safe, and when you awake, all is well. So when we talk about the still waters, sheep are scared near water that moves. So that's why it says still waters. They get scared because of the, I think what is it, the eyesight, and they think it, it's, uh, they're just fearful. They think it's something that's going to bother them or get them. So what the shepherd does is finds the best suitable place for them to drink. 
the best water, the best spring. And if he cannot, what he does is make an, a border. That's why it says the rocks around the water. So the rocks are above the water. So what he does is he encompasses the water around, encamps the water around the rocks around the water. So inside the rocks, the water is still. It's not moving. So now they're able to drink in peace and not feel harm. So now we have peace. We have no worry again. Like I said, you're going to hear this a lot because I'm only focusing on these two scriptures. One and two. That's it for tonight with that. So how can you relate the 23rd Psalm to you? How can you take that in context and relate it to you? If you feel you've done these things and this is where the, God, the Lord has done for you, he's been there for you, how can you relate the 23rd Psalm to you? Well, you'll find that out if you do your homework. If you do the exercise. Okay? I, I can tell you firsthand, the more I pray going to work, the more the fool shows his head. When you don't pray, you don't have to worry about it. He ain't going to bother you. Because God ain't talking to you. You ain't talking to God. You're not trying to hear. You're not listening. Now, I'm not saying he don't spark up. But the more you pray, the more he's going to rear his head up. But when you're consistently praying and relying on him, now you're not concerned or consumed about what's going on with the foolish and the foolishness in the people. Because now you have your mind on him. As you're laying down in green pastures, what happens? You're up there. Your eyes are focused totally on him. It doesn't matter what position. All you're doing is concerned about him. So now what your tunnel vision is, everything is blocked out. Because now when you have the peace and you're here, God doesn't even have to work because there's really no concern to work. I didn't say he's not working. But you make less work for yourself and God because now as long as you're focused on the Lord or the shepherd, you'll be fine. So, I have been working on this. I have started over a few times. I have not gotten my seven days. Why? Because I have allowed the fools. I'm normal. I'm, I'm natural. I'm human just like the next person. But because I brought this full, full, forward to you, we're going to do this together. And you got seven days. Let's see who can do it in seven days. Remember, morning, after, 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 before. If you could understand, you see what's going on. In the morning, 
When you wake up, you're being nourished. After you've been nourished, now you're going to the Word. Before you go to, go to bed, you're edifying yourself because now your spirit is working while you're sleeping. So when you wake up, that's when the revelation starts. So you're consistent. Now listen, when you do this, I didn't say you won't have any fools. The fools will pop up on you. That's what I call them. I'm sorry. I call them fools. I think sometimes we just give the, the dude too much credit. That's just my opinion. We walk around and act like, oh, the devil this, the devil that. He did this, he did that. Ah, he ain't do anything. You let him. You allowed him. Stay in your word. Stay in your prayer. Stay before the shepherd. And all of these things will not affect you as much. And I would say these last three to four weeks have been very different. If my wife can agree at work. Now I had my moments. I had one last week. But I kept my cool. I did. I really kept my cool a little bit. Tell the truth, a little bit. So my boss had an issue with me, and for two or three days, he stayed away from me. And he said that he stayed away because he didn't know how I would react. And it's true. I will react in a uh, very emotional way. Because I don't, I, I, my job is a place that they will take advantage of you. And if they do it once, they're going to continue. And I'm the person that I'm going to do my best to stop it. So I'm learning to not do my best and not try to do it and not me try to stop it and let the Lord, the shepherd, do it. I'm learning. It's a work in progress. So these things, if we can work on and get a better understanding, I hope I gave a little clarity. But remember, we're just talking about this. So if we do our exercises and understand that we can be a 23rd Psalm, what can you do to write your psalm? And we'll talk about it. Amen? That's it. So, so Father, we, we, come be, we stand before you as one. We thank you for your word. We pray that it will edify our bodies. And, Father God, it will show us a different revelation, a different way of seeing you as who you are, but the good shepherd. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience. Father God, we thank you for your hand upon our lives. We thank you for peace. We thank you for still waters. We're just thankful that we're able to come to you as one. We thank you. We thank you. And as we go out, we thank you for already keeping us 
We thank you that you will make our minds see differently. We thank you for a different revelation. We thank you that you will strengthen us. We thank you already that you would just give us a better understanding of who you are. We thank you for your spirit in us. We thank you, Father God, for activating it in us. Just by seeing you in a new way. Because you're ever changing. You are the same, but you can't be different because of your love. We thank you for understanding us. That we are your children. We thank you for the special gift that we have as our resource. We thank you for the blood and the sacrifice that he has made for us. We thank you that he has made himself a shepherd for us. In the name of Jesus, amen.